NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender. Christmas is finally behind us, but are you dreading those credit card bills headed your way? Well, here's a pro tip. Don't get stuck making minimum payments in the new year. Savewithconrad.com can help you get rid of your credit card debt just like that. Oh, and we're going to get you the best deal on a mortgage you've ever had. But how's this for starters? No payments until March. You don't need money out of your pocket or perfect credit. So find out how much money you can save for free right now at savewithconrad.com. Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to DDP Snake Pit. And of course, we couldn't do it without the Hall of Famers, Jake the Snake Roberts. How are you, man? Ready to go. And DDP, what's new with you, dude? How's it going? Dude, all good, man. Today's word is unstoppable. We're on a roll right now. Episode three, we're excited about it. Well, we are excited to be here with you. We want to pick up where we left off, Jake, when we, we finished up last week. We were talking about you, uh, going into treatment on November 10th, 1992. And then Bill Watts, your arch nemesis here. He announces you're yes. gone from WCW the next day at a TV taping in Atlanta, but let's pick up with you. Like what were your plans when you left WCW? Were you hoping to get back with Vince or did you have plans outside of the country or try your hand at independence professionally? What was your goal? You know, at the time, brother, I, the only goal I had then was, uh, Where's my dealer? You know, and uh, it's true. You know, I, I didn't care about anything else other than feeding my addiction. Uh, I had no plans at all. Um, I mean, even my lawyer, whenever we settled with Turner for um, taking half my money, because I did get all that back. Uh, he's like, well, don't just get what they owe you. You need to get more than that, and you need to get your job back. I can get that for you. I'm like, I don't need it. How foolish was that? Right. You know, because, um, ultimately Turner would not have me back. And I understand that I sued him, you know? So, uh, all I wanted was the money they owed me and that's all I took, but, uh, that doesn't get you a ribbon and doesn't get you a job. Uh, it doesn't help your, um, status at all. So, no, I had no plans at all, man. Um, it was such an angry time in my life because uh, separated from my wife. Um, I was spiraling down, and I had no idea just how far down I would go. Because, man, I went to hell and back. And I took my time doing it. Um I'm so grateful that I didn't wind up in prison or dead. Some of the shenanigans that I pulled back then. Oh my God. Honey, stealing a car in Puerto Rico so I can go to get some more dope, you know, at four o'clock in the morning. And uh, then when I get down to that area, they guys are coming out of their houses with all, you know, automatic weapons and telling me they're going to kill me. And I'm like, just give me my dope. That's all I want. And uh, they recognized me, thank God, and said, Jake, you can't come down here at night. We don't, we don't do this. And I'm like, hey, man, just give me my shit and let me go. They're like, okay, we're going to give it to you, but we're going to keep your car. I'm like, well, fine. <laughs> Take the car. 
No, I don't have the keys. I never heard that story. Yeah, yeah. There's a few of them, though. <laughs> yeah, well, not something I was proud of, man. No, but and, uh, you made that. You you took a very serious dark thing and yeah. made it funny. Well, that's yeah. that's what I did, man. And yeah. um, if if I hadn't have been Jake the Snake, I can tell you dozens yeah. of instances where I would have been shot, cut, robbed. You know, I mean, it's just horrible, man. When I I look back and. You know, those memories, unfortunately, don't go away. You know, uh, I wish I could tell you that I don't think about those things, but I do. I have flashbacks all the time, and I remember the things that I did and, and horrible things. And, you know, I didn't take it out on other people. I took it out on myself. Yeah, you beat yourself up yeah, a lot. You know, and uh, I was so angry at myself that I'd blown a career. Um, I didn't know how to get out of it, and I wasn't ready to get out of it. Because I was just living in hate, you know, and uh, hate for my upbringing, hate for, you know, you can blame it on anything you want, but bottom line, it comes down to you. Mm. And that's what I had to really get to, you know, and uh, they tell you that you, you won't change till you hit your bottom. Well, brother, I didn't hit the bottom. I went underneath the barrel and I stayed for a long time. And, uh, you know, I did some independence and, and, and stuff. Uh, just so I can get more dope. You know, that was all. That was all it was about, man. And uh, God, it's horrifying, man. It you really know, is. I, I got I to gotta say this. Steve Yu sent me uh, a text. And we're going to do this Motivational Monday for uh, for our DDP Yoga app. And, and it's a quote. And um, it says, holding on... To holding on to anger is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Exactly. And damn sure it is. Buddha. <laughs> yeah. 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 So yeah, I and, never bought from that guy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it is crazy though. Like the level of street cred that wrestlers have like oh god yeah you can go deep into any really bad area in the town, world in in whether it's you know black white puerto rican you know cuban mexican doesn't matter when when you're one of us who have were lucky enough to live that dream and live at that elite spot for a while you just get like this cred and it doesn't, it knows no color or no, you know, religion or ethnicity. It's uh, it's really crazy. And for that's why Jake is, I always said, if the cat's got nine lives, a snake's got 13. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. But they aren't fun. You know, and that's, that's the thing that I want to get out there that you have no idea how, how low you will go. And once you're there, it's so hard to get out because who the hell's going to help you? You know, because 30 days or 90 days in a rehab does not fix you. I, I'm living proof of that. And so is Scott Hall. You know, I mean, I've been to several rehabs and it did not work. And the reason it doesn't work, and this is just my thoughts, is they take you in and basically you're locked up. And uh, no, you're not going to get any drugs in there. You know, and uh, didn't try though. Uh, you know. But 
at the end of 90 days, they pat you on the back and they give you a certificate and wish you good luck. And then you walk outside and it's the real world again. And you've been in a hole for 90 days, not making any money. And now you've got every lawyer that you know chasing you. You've got the cops chasing you because you haven't paid your child support. You've got your rent people that want their three, back, three months of back rent. So they're throwing your stuff out on the street. Your car has been repossessed. Now, where does your mind go? Right back to the dope, because that's the only thing that will erase all this pain. And that's what it's all about is the pain. You don't want to feel it no more. You don't want to feel the pressure no more. You don't want to feel any of it anymore. You just want utopia, man. Peace. Well, I, I've got to say that I think that the the amount of time you did spend in, in, in the rehab, I think that each time it stuck a little bit better because we would have never been able to do what we did if you didn't have some sort of background and mm. what they do teach to a certain point. I, I don't know, Dallas. I don't know. The, the whole thing with you was you took care of me financially, so I didn't feel the the push on that because I, I stayed with you for over two years, yeah. close to three. Yeah. But if you'll remember, I was still screwing up six months no, or a no. year into it. You know, and if I would have been on the street, and not paying my bills, I would have felt all that pressure and I would have felt all that need. But no, I was living in a beautiful house, beautiful house, eating the best food on the planet and living clean. My body appreciated it. Then, you know, when we started working out, I went from not being able to do jack squat to actually being able to do some of the workouts. Right. And that gave me self-respect. I started to like myself because I was able to do things again. I didn't think I would ever be able to do a workout ever because I'd trashed my body so much with the drugs and the alcohol. You know, I ballooned up to over 300 pounds and uh, you know, it was horrifying, man. And when you get down like that, man, how do you get back up? You know, and if, if not for for not only Dallas, but in Steve, everybody, but everybody, Dylan, Garrett, um, some of the guys, everybody, but Linda. the L word. And, you know, <laughs> they all picked me up and they all loved me. They liked me. And at first that was hard to take. Because I thought they were full of shit, you know. How do you guys care about me when I'm just a piece of crap? Oh, let's go back to where, where he was talking, where you didn't have a direction. If you have no purpose. Had no purpose at all, man. You, know, you have nothing. So that's why you know, you've always got to develop some sort of goal or some sort of purpose. My dreams have all died. I, right. I pissed on them all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the thing that was really interesting to that but who knew that this would happen 20 years before this? So I, I tore my rotator cuff and I'm out. And he called, you know, he ended up calling me and seeing how I was doing. And I went to see him at the Marriott and, you know, and to bring him in, it, we helped each other. And he started doing your, your independent bookings. And yep. Jake Roberts could make a lot of money 
at an independent booking because there was no name out there. Right. No. Like WWE releases people all the time now, you know? So well, back then there, yeah, but yeah. There, there was no Jake, the snake Roberts or that warrior, but he didn't work. No, you know, he didn't work. Um, but you were out there and, uh, in the beginning, you know, when we were together, you know, there was a, there was a lot of good things that were happening, but, but not without you guaranteeing these people that I'd be there. Right. You know, I mean, that's the only reason why these guys hired me, man, because Dallas stood up and said, look, he's clean now. I'm watching him. We're yeah, going to send somebody. Back. You're going back to when, you know, a couple of years back. Yeah. yeah eight years ago. Right. I'm sorry. I, I moved forward. Yeah. You went too fast, but you're right. Cause when you did move into second time, after a while, it was like, no, don't take any bookings right now. Let's just get, yeah, let's get right. And then I can tell people, you know, because I ain't telling anybody, anybody's doing good less. I, I this is true. You know, for him, like we go back to when we were doing those independent shows. And just to show you what kind of spot Jake was really in, you know, one night I just saw him pop like a, a pill in his mouth and chew it up. And uh, I said, dude, did you just take a Percocet and chew it up? And he said, yeah. I go, why would you do that? They taste like shit. And he's like, well, he said, you know, they got to go right to your system. When you chew them up, it goes right to your brain and it just activates faster. And I said, well, how many is that, man? Because I see you take a couple. He said, I don't know, nine, ten, yeah. you know, and that was like at nine o'clock at night, yeah. you know, and we were just like, we were going out and drinking. And I, and then back then, I, you know, I could give them positive energy. I could give them the attention of the, the, who he really is, as you would be that I saw. Um, but there's still times where he's going to go off and do his thing. And 20 years later, I would have way more respect from him on the level for what he helped me to be able to do. So we were equals at that point. Yeah. And that's another thing that I think was really important you know but back when you were just doing the independent scene man it was a tough road man i was popping the pills man and working and not having a problem see people understand an addict man when an addict gets a hold of drugs they treat him differently than they do a normal person because our wiring is completely burnt burnt you know burnt beyond recognition so things that will put you to sleep Make me wake up. <laughs> you know, right. normally somebody takes four or five Percocets, they sleep for a day and a half. Me, I take four or five Percocets, I can drink a case of beer, a few shots of whiskey, and walk straight line. Yeah, pretty crazy. Yeah, it's insane, man. And uh, insanity doesn't work for long. Not for long. All right, let's write a timeout right now. Can't wait to tell you about a brand new product that changed my life in 2021. And I know it's going to change yours in 2022. It's chili sleep. Now listen up. Science tells us the best way to achieve and maintain consistent deep sleep is by lowering our core body temperature. We're talking temperature controlled sleep. That's going to restore your testosterone levels, repair your muscles after a hard day's work, and even improve your cognitive function. So you always start your day feeling sharp and alert. Chili Sleep makes customizable, climate-controlled sleep solutions that help you improve your entire well-being. Chili Sleep makes the Uller and Cube Sleep System, both hydro-powered, both temperature-controlled mattress toppers that fit over your existing mattress to provide your ideal sleep temperature. And I mean it. My family has the Uller, 
I like to keep my bed around 60 degrees. My wife wants to climb into an 80 degree bed, but then once she's off to sleep, it automatically drops down to somewhere in the sixties that she likes it, but then it'll warm her up to wake her up. She doesn't have to go ahead and do that every night. She gets to set it and forget it. These luxury mattress pads keep your bed at the perfect temperature all night long for deep sleep, whether you sleep hot or cold or even both. These sleep systems are designed to help you fall asleep, stay asleep, and give you the confidence and energy to power through your day. Imagine waking up and not feeling tired. Chili Sleep can make that happen. And for an extra layer of comfort, they also make the Chili Blanket, the only weighted blanket that can also be paired with a control unit for the ultimate sweat-free sleep. This has been such a game changer in my life. As I'm talking to you right now, my wife and I are going on vacation tomorrow for her birthday. We have a travel chili sleep. I'm not kidding. We have a chili sleep we keep here at the house. And then we have one when we have to leave town. I don't want to sleep on a bed again without chili sleep. Head over to chilisleep.com forward slash DDP snake to learn more and check out a special offer available exclusively for DD snake pit listeners and only for a limited time. That's chili, C-H-I-L-I, sleep.com forward slash TDP snake to take advantage of our exclusive discount and wake up refreshed every day. That's chili, sleep.com forward slash TDP snake. Now let's get back to the program. So, so Dallas, let's go back to uh, 1992 here when Jake is out, you know, in, in early November uh, of, of WCW, at least he's gone, your story continues and, and you're going to continue to try to work your way through the professional wrestling industry in WCW. How close are you with Jake when he's first gone? I mean, I know you guys are, are, are really tight now, but what are you thinking about your friend? And did you know the extent of where he was mentally and all that? No, because he hit it. And that's the one thing that the first thing he'll tell you is as an addict, you're going to cheat. You're going to lie. You're going to steal, you know, and you're going to really lie. Like, like, again, what do we do in promos? You know, when we're doing a promo, it was me against Savage. People thought I really hated him. Right. I loved Randy Savage. But for the moment, that's the son of a bitch who knocked my wife down and spray painted her ass. Like, fuck you. Like, I'm coming, Randy Savage. You know? And that's... And Jake really... Those were the things, like, looking back at his promos that he's always done, they step into a dark place and they become real, real, real fast. So when he all of a sudden was gone, I didn't know what the... I, I knew him and Bill... We're going through some, you know, some, you know, dark times. And Bill, there was there was, there was heat between the both of them. And before I knew it, Jake basically came by and said, "Dude, just let you know, you know, I'm out of here." Blah blah blah. And I didn't hear from him for a long time, long time. until until I tore my rotator cuff, and it was Grizzly Smith, his dad, who was the agent that night, who drove me from uh, from Tennessee, no, from Nat not Nashville, I was out in Alabama. It drove me back because me and Kevin Nash were tag teaming. Vegas connection, right? I I don't know if you remember this night, but we were all together. And again, we're his chauffeurs. We're the curtain jerkers, me and Nash. Everybody said... Me and Nash never going to be nothing. You know, they never saw anything in either of us, but he did. And he, like, he would talk to us, you know, about, you know, 
thinking ahead, like, cause it's the psychology that he had, but we're in Fort Myers, Florida, my second hometown where I had my nightclubs, where everything was created. The first place I ever met him and the finish is supposed to be <laughs> that here I am, you know, it's me and Kev against, um, uh, JYD and, uh, Curtis and, uh, well, what what name did he go by, Curtis, back then? Oh, um, uh, he, he was the Mr. Hughes. The yeah, Mr. Hughes. Mr. Hughes. Mr. Hughes. That's what he was doing back then, Mr. Hughes. So the finish is supposed to be, I you know get get taken down for one two, and Nash runs you know runs out and you know pulls my foot up on the rope, you know runs around pulls my foot up on the rope. As a matter of fact, it wasn't. He wasn't there. I don't remember how it happened, but he never pulled his foot up on the rope and I didn't kick out my own fault because I'm waiting for him to get there to do the thing. And I was so embarrassed in my hometown. It's so stupid now, you know, because all <laughs> my buddy saw was uh, it reminds me of heels to a certain degree, which we'll yeah, get to yeah. later. You know, being in that moment where I lost, I lost. It's like, yeah, it's a work. You know, no, it's, not. it's not. It's not at times. And I was so pissed off at myself. And it took me a while Friggin' Jake said, what the hell are you pissed off yourself for? He just, he was unmerciful to me. It's a work. It was, it was like that conversation that they kind of have in the, in the He in the wanted show. to die, man, because oh, he was, let all of his bros down. Oh. You know, every, anybody had ever known him, because you know, he, he might have given away a few tickets <laughs> uh, to get him in there. You know, only a couple of hundred. Yeah, you know? but, but my club, in that town, I was like famous. He was a know? god. And we all went there afterwards. Everybody was so psyched. They didn't care who won or lost. They were just so psyched that I told them I was going to live this dream. Yeah. And even though it was at the bottom of the card, didn't the, matter, the curtain jerker, they were all so proud of me. And by, you know, halfway through the night, I had a good buzz on. I forgot all about it. But I never forgot that moment of, like... Oh, I ribbed him unmercifully oh, on talking see. about him dropping that losing fall. Oh, Man, you look like a piece of crap. All he did was headbutt you, and you went down for free. Oh, oh my God. God. He, he, he was unmerciful. Oh, he, he got so mad at me. <laughs> I kicked the door. I went through. I kicked the door open. To, you know, oh, my God. You thought somebody raped him, man. Oh, my God. That's like one of those moments where, to you, it's real. You know, no matter what anybody else that's, says. That's why I tell people, they ask me if it's fixed, and I say, well, only the matches that I lost. <laughs> uh, the ones that I won, I, I did it at. I yeah. did that. Yeah. <laughs> Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about... How to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. Dallas, when, uh, when Jake winds up leaving, it's not like you have it super easy. You're trying to hone your craft with matches against uh, guys like Van Hammer and Eric Watts, who are also new guys. 
No, and, and, and both really good friends of mine, too, like both of them. So, you know, best we were all green as grass. don't make a good match. Yeah, we were all green as grass, you know, and, uh, you know, and, and he came in, boy, Eric, when Eric came in, you know, being Bill Watts' son, you know, hell of an athlete, you know, six foot five, almost six foot six, legit 265. Didn't have the greatest body, you know, at that, but he had a good body. You know, he was uh, he good was a great athlete, really good guy. Um, and I'm sure I'm going to win the rookie of the year because it's, you know, because there's no one else who's doing what I'm doing. You know, for PWI, I'm going to be the rookie of the year. And then Watts comes oh in in God. October, maybe it was September. He beats Arn Anderson. He beats, he beats everybody. And he's the rookie of the year. And I'm number two. And now it's listening wrist. So, so this is, it gets better. It gets better. So I know Meltzer. Meltzer is going to take care of me because he knows. He knows I came in as my oh, I worked my ass off. This is going to, I know we ain't going to make it. I'm going to be number one. I look at that sheet and I see, oh my God. Number two, again, <laughs> who the fuck is Ray Mysterio? <laughs> so, so this is like, what's that, 92? So, oh God. I 97, I believe, Ray comes in, right? So I'm in the back, right? And maybe it was 96. 96, whatever, yeah, Ray, yeah. whatever Conan brought Ray in, whatever year that was, I will never forget it. At some point, I hear Ray Mysterio's up next. And I go, Ray Mysterio? No shit. I go right to the curtain. I watch that match. And I went, wow. I was number two by a really long shot. <laughs> and rightfully do, so. Yeah, that kid could do anything. And was, I want to say I was 36, and I want to say he was 14. Yeah, yeah, yeah something like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was something like that. I tell him, I laugh about that story with him all the time. Uh, I'll tell you what, one of the greatest oh, my. athletes. I mean, oh. if he was a if he was a gymnast, oh, yeah. he would be, you yeah. know, the yeah. gold medalist yeah. for whatever country he wanted to yeah. get out there Phenomenal. and do his magic. And now, shortly after Jake leaves, you find yourself on camera with Scotty Flamingo, who we all know is Raven. What do you remember about right. working with uh, Scotty before he was Raven? Oh my God. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you even how that even happened. But Scotty was, I mean, we all talked a lot. Me, him and Nash hung together a lot. And it just so happens, you know, when the Vegas thing and Scotty one punch bingo flamingo, as Nash called him. <laughs> and uh, we did thing with Mark Merrow. And I always thought like Scotty, had a really amazing kind of like Jake. He had a really great psychology in the ring. Like he, even though he came in WWE, he was a manager there. He was working. He, they just put him in that spot and he didn't get over there, you know, cause they weren't going to let him, but they didn't see it. I saw it. Yeah, he him. didn't want to manage anyone. No, he didn't want nothing to do with managing, you know, but he'll do whatever he could do to be in the spot. And then because of the relationship, um, when he left and he wasn't with WCW, 
I'm in Germany. I want to say it's like 94. It's the same tour I think I was on with Hogan. So I think it was 94. And I'm in Germany at one point and I'm watching MTV. And the only bands I know, I hadn't watched for a couple of years. So the only bands I know is Bruce Springsteen and Aerosmith. Everything else is Green Day, Nirvana, Grunge. all these bands that I hear, but I don't really know their names, right? And at that time, I came back and one of my good friends, Tony Palagrossi, who's one of the biggest promoters in New Jersey for bands and, um, and uh, festivals and all that stuff. And he picked us, me and Kimberly, up at the airport. And I started talking about how, man, only Springsteen and, you know, Aerosmith, the only guys that I actually really like know who their, their music and everything, everybody else is out. And Tony says to me, he says, hmm, he says, who's representing that portion of society now? That, you know, that Green Day Nirvana grunge type character. And I went, man, nobody. Oh God, I go, yeah, I go, who could do that? And Kimberly goes, Scotty could. And I went, wow, he really could. So I call him up and I tell him the idea. And I said, if you get this down, I'll call Paul Lee and get you an ECW until you're ready. And then you come back here. So he, we'd start working on the, the character and he'd call me up and he'd start with the Raven. Oh, it's good. And then he go, and then he go, you boy. And I go click. Cause all of a sudden he went back to that, you know, bingo flamingo character, you know, who was like a rapper kid. And he'd call me, he'd go, what you hang up with me for? I go, because boy doesn't go with the darkness of the grunge kid. Keep working on it. Boom. Hang up. He'd call me again. And he took probably about five different phone calls before he like, wow, Scotty, you got this. I'm going to call Paul Lee right now. And I called Paul and, uh, and he was cool with it. You know, saying I'll bring, I'll bring him in. And when you need him, take him. He wasn't cool with it when he left. Right. But uh, it, I was very upfront about that. And anybody will tell you, I'm going to tell you exactly the way it is. I'm not going to candy coat it. I'm not going to work you. I'm going to tell you exactly the way it is for my side. And if you want to disagree, that's okay. And then don't use them. But we all know Scotty got up there and he got over crazy, especially with him and Dreamer. You know, I mean, he got over huge. And then when he came with us, I mean, I thought that, man, this guy's got the potential to be a freaking world champion. And I really believed in him and putting the whole flock behind him. We actually did. Um, do you know Rich from Fozzie? Yeah. Yeah. Great guy. So Rich had a band back then called Stuck Mojo. Yep. And uh, they had... Um, I can't remember who their lead rap um, singer was really, really good though. And they had this band and they asked me if they, if I would be in their video and actually do the color commentating as they're coming out. Cause they wanted to come out as tag team champions, yep. uh, rich and uh, his partner. And it came out and I got Raven's flock involved and it, it was a real fun video. And I actually got it played on MTV. And it really helped Rich take his whole 
band to a different level. And that got him involved with Jericho. And then, you know, they, they've just done a lot of amazing stuff. So by now you figured out that DDP and Jake, the snake are all about improving your life. And I'm here to tell you about an all natural herb that we think could help improve your life. We're talking about Kratom. Now, if you're not familiar with Kratom, let me explain. It really is an all natural herb related to the coffee plant. It's been used in Thailand for centuries. Kratom actually helps you both energize your mind and relax your body. Everybody I know who uses Kratom says it just helps me feel good. Our man, Eric Bischoff likes to use it to focus. And uh, our pal Cassio kid, he says it makes him relax. Super speciosa is what we recommend. And it only has one ingredient, pure Kratom leaf. Now here's the thing. If you're looking for the courage to ask someone on a special date, you need super speciosa. Maybe you're thinking you're going to ask your boss for a raise. You need super speciosa. Maybe you're looking to run that extra mile. Well, Kratom is often used as a pre-workout. So you need super speciosa. Now for beginners, we recommend the green capsules because they're easy to use. We also recommend the green strains because they're the most popular. By the way, don't be shy about this. They offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee. If you don't love it, you get your money back. That's how confident we are in super speciosa. We've recently made a change too to the website. You can now use this code again and again, and you can get the same discount every single time. Here's what we're talking about. Try Kratom now and get 20% off. You heard me 20% off. And Hey, if you're looking to energize your mind and relax your body, where do you go? You go to getsuperleaf.com forward slash DDP snake. And then you're going to save 20% with promo code DDP snake. That's getsuperleaf.com forward slash DDP snake. And be sure to use promo code DDP snake for 20% off. By the way, these statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. But dude, it's centuries old. Everybody in Thailand knows, and now you do too, about Kratom. That's why we recommend Super Speciosa. And remember, it only has one ingredient, pure Kratom leaf. But buddy, you're going to love what it does for you. Why not try it? Take advantage of this money-back guarantee and get 20% off at getsuperleaf.com forward slash DDP snake. And don't forget the promo code DDP snake. Now let's get back to the program. The, uh, the stuck mojo video had the guys wearing the WCW belts and it was even their album cover. So, uh, it was a lot of crossover there. Why do you think the Raven character didn't resonate with Bischoff? He says on his podcast, 83 weeks that he just didn't really get it. Uh, but we all sort of got uh, Raven, but Eric didn't. Why do you think that is? I think it was because like Scotty today is a really positive guy. Like he's, he was a very like that. What about me? What about Raven? It really like, and most times this works for you. And Jake will attest to this when you live the character, you know, it, it really works for you because it's so believable. Rave really lived that part of the character, but it infiltrated into like, you can't be like that backstage. You can't do business that way. Yeah. You can't, you you can't, you know, we would argue about a lot of, a lot of stuff. I early on me and Kevin Dash, (laughs) we would bust this job so bad because he knew everything. He was really smart, but he knew everything about everything. And occasionally I would just go click. And he'd keep talking. We would completely turn out. He goes, click. Like, I just changed the channel, Raven. Like, stop. You know? Yeah. 
And if he's be talking, that's click. Like just, he became were, he became a heat seeking missile. Oh my in the god! Back. Yeah, he did. But he's such a great guy, uh, and he was so talented. And if you saw, if you go back to, he had a great finish. Yeah, he had a great finish. <laughs> yeah, you know, if you go back to when I lost the U.S. championship to him, I just got done working with with for a year. With Mach on top, right? They put me with Kurt Henning, and I and I get the world, I get the U.S. title, which was the next spot for me to go. I wanted to bring Raven and Benoit up because both of those guys I felt were world champions at some point, and and they were, and, you know. And if Rave would have, you know, right when he gets it, and we're supposed to feud and bring Benoit into everything which we had been doing, um, that's when Goldberg came through. And then they were like, boom, beat Raven. But if you look at Raven got a much longer match than anybody else did yeah. up till me, you know, because Raven wasn't just going to get speared, you know. And uh, it I would have. It was <laughs> Jake. I watched Jake and Paul, uh, no, and uh, Cowboy Bob Orton. In Singapore, I filmed this match. I actually loaned it to Ray to Hammer, uh, Van Hammer, and he lost it on me. But it was a match that went 58 minutes. If they took three bumps, it was a lot, but had the people going crazy for damn near an hour. And that's working at a different level. You know, it's that's a lost art. You know, that you know, I don't know if you could ever get that together again, but just it was amazing to watch and to watch the people. But uh, I can't not even know how I brought that up, but it was a segue of a, of a great moment uh, to really watch. One of my favorite matches to watch Jake in was him and DiBiase mm -hmm. at the Garden. And when I used to do the MS, uh, yeah. MSG. MSG, MSG Network. MSG. Yeah. 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 And I, I watched at one point, somebody gave Jake while we were on the road doing independence, right? Somebody gave Jake 40 yeah. tapes, two hour long tapes yeah. of nothing but Jake. Yeah. And, and I just watched one from, from enhancement matches to, you know, to like that match with him and DiBiase. DiBiase doesn't get anywhere near the credit that he deserved for. Neither does Orton. Not what? Neither is a cowboy bomb. Yeah, right. Either one, either one of those guys. But being there, and that's another reason why Randy is so great. You know, having his dad and being able to have it'd be like me having him. You know, uh, but Randy was twenty. <laughs> you know, coming in, I will never forget when I went up there first time to New York, and they said, "Listen, we want you to go to OVW. We're going to put you with a new kid, Batista, and you guys will do a match against uh, the Taker and uh, Kane." And when I get there, I'm talking and I meet and Cowboy introduces me to Randy. And I said, hi, Randy. Nice to meet you. And I go, and I go, what's your name? He goes, what do you mean? What's my name? He had a, he had a cowboy hat on. I didn't recognize Cowboy because he leaned up. I hadn't seen him in a long time. I was like, Cowboy! Gave him a big hug. <laughs> He's like, you keep an eye on my son up there. And uh Take care of my boy, you hear me? <laughs> he, uh, his son did okay. 
Yeah. <laughs> the, that guy had a hell of a run, man. Hell the, of a run. The match you're talking about aired on primetime wrestling. Uh, Ted DiBiase and Jake the Snake went 16 minutes and 16 seconds on April 24th, 1989. So uh, look it up on the, the Peacock, but Madison Square Garden, Great. April 24th. I, I, I thought it was on the 23rd of April, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I love those little fact checkers you got going there, bro. Yeah. Really amazing psychology. I mean, it was one of those matches, you know, that, you know, suspended disbelief. Like, sure. This is real. Steamboat and I did one in the garden, too, that was pretty awesome. Uh, Jake, you, you were talking about Raven. Let's skip ahead a little bit. We were originally talking about Scotty Flamingo, but the Raven character oftentimes gets lumped into your sort of style. You know, it was a darker character. What'd you think of the I, Raven character? I liked it. I liked it. You know, uh, uh even though he, he went with the even flow DDT and I'm like, even flow, isn't that baby bottles, you know? <laughs> which would piss him off. And, uh, no, no, I had, I appreciated what he did with it. And I appreciated his style, man. I, I thought he was, uh, really getting a message out there. I mean, it's not like you would, uh, if you watched one of his matches, you wouldn't invite him to your birthday party, right. <laughs> but, uh, you, you would damn sure keep your eye on him because you didn't know what he was going to do. Right. You know, there was a mystery behind him, you know, there's substance to it. And, uh, I remember Scotty and I having a talk, uh, we went to some establishment in Atlanta <laughs> to, to, to view some things. And, um, there's like 67, 80 of them in this. Town. Yeah. And, uh, I know most of them real well <laughs> and we were leaving there and he's like, Jake, what do he, he, by this time he went to the WWF and then they put him into the commentary thing. And he's like, man, it's not what I want to do. I said, then why are you doing it? Well, it's a job. I said, are you in it for a job? Mm. you know again go back to what you want to be and, and keep your eye on the prize and, and be you because if you fail at you then it's on you but if you fail at what they want you to do you never had your shot well how close do you have to be to get your shot you had the microphone in your hand go with it and that's again that goes back to what we talked about I think it was last week uh we talked about Jake saying, you know, you got to take control of your own destiny. Yeah. And then later on me saying to him, dude, you need to change what you're doing. You need to stop wearing those negative shirts that you see every day. You look in the mirror, you see wasted youth. Yeah. And then he came back with that t-shirt that he designed, which, which people could get that t-shirt. One of the huge things zipping forward now to when we were in the accountability crib, when he came up with, you know, my history is not my destiny. There was a point in time where Jake had, he was doing really great. And the shoulder just went oh, out. God. You know, and people don't understand like our shoulders, you know, our knees, our back, our necks, you know, some of us, like I, I do a lot to keep myself being mobile. And when Jake was on that run of working at the crib with me, that shoulder went out, man. Now he's finally there. And it was like, it was a depression that hit oh my God. hard, you know, that he couldn't. Now I'm finally really doing this. I'm putting the work in and now this but, goes. But that addiction was screaming in my ear. See, I told you, I told you you're a piece of shit. 
Yeah, no. you're never going to do it. This is you're never going to happen. Gonna do it. What are you thinking that you're you cripple. should be? You should be. Uh, you're going to do what? You're going to turn your life uh, around. You're never going to turn your life around. Let's get high. And, and that's that's the negative emotional stuff that people do to, to themselves all the time. I deal with so many different people and the emotional gravity of pulling themselves down. That repetition of that affirmation. That's negative. Well, it works the other way too. Yeah. And this was the magic that was. You, the people out there, because when Jake needed this, Steve, you, and you'll hear us mention Steve, you a lot. He's the president yeah. of my company. And not always in a good way. <laughs> always in a good way. <clears throat> we might be aggravated about it, oh, but it's still positive. And much more. <clears throat> but uh, <clears throat> he is the yin and the yang of me and him together. Like I didn't, couldn't have done it without without him and Linda, like he said, it took a village to do it, to get Jake to where he was going. But um, when it came down to the emotional gravity of pulling yourself down, I found, I, I, I found a way, well, actually I didn't find a way, Steve, that's why I brought this up. Steve said, why don't we do a GoFundMe? Yep. I never really heard of any of that stuff. Back then it was called Kickstarter, the one that we went with. Indiegogo. 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 Thanks, Steve. Indiegogo. Um, so Jake's like, oh man, I don't, I, I don't know what to say. I don't, you know, because again, you feel so worthless and so unwhole. And I'm like, listen, bro, just say what you feel. Like I get choked up just thinking about that moment. Because it was so real. This is such a such a huge moment in my recovery, too. Humongous. And it was just him, you know, reaching out. And for, for it, it wasn't like send me money. You know, it was pictures and you know, video, uh, you know, Zoom calls yeah. before there were Zoom calls. You know, it was the t-shirt, it was the DVD, it was all these different packages you could buy. If you go back. Jake's autograph minimum is 40 bucks for that. It was like 15, you know? So and it was a special moment. There was like between, between Scott and Jake, there were over 4,000 people wow. that donated. And if you watch the resurrection of Jake, the snake at the end of it, the credits, you'll see all 4,000 plus names up there of the people who helped out. But that, letting him that see that the people cared. Yeah, that my, da was. my daughter was there, and it was such a huge moment because she was there, too. And, you know, I didn't know anything about this Indiegogo crap or people, you know, actually helping somebody. I'm like, who's going to help me? You know, look at me. Look at what I am. Why would anybody give me that money? And they said, yeah, we'll have it up there for a month. Hopefully we can raise enough money to have your surgery because I didn't have any insurance. I didn't have anything going for me. I just knew that I was done, man. I figured I was on the way out the door. And uh, whew, man, the next day, 24 hours, we had already reached what I needed. Yeah. Surgery. And I literally nearly shut myself. <laughs> I couldn't believe that that many people really cared about me. And uh, it, it, it's, it still blows me away, man. It blew my daughter away. She's like, Dad, look, people do care about you. We do love you. And <sighs> Sorry. Yeah, well, that's that's the, uh, the magic 
of what the resurrection of Jake the Snake is really about. It's it's people really caring about people because that's what helps people start to feel worthy, you know. Let's take a time out here. And while we normally have a lot of fun on this show, this is a pretty serious topic, life insurance, specifically Goliath life insurance. Let me give you a pro tip. We're all going to die. So before you get a visit from the undertaker, think just for a second about what would happen if your family stopped having your income tomorrow with life insurance from goliathlife.com. What we're really talking about is protecting what you've worked so hard to provide for both you and more importantly, your family. You see, life insurance isn't about you. It's about those who matter the most to you. Sure. You do a great job taking care of them now, but who would do that if something awful happened to you? I just lost two friends in the last year and a half, one forty-two with two kids, the other 46 who left behind a wife and three kids. Thank God they had insurance. And Hey, I hear you. Nobody wants to think or talk about life insurance, but think about this. You might not get in a car accident, but you have auto insurance. You might not get sick, but you have health insurance. So we'll protect our car and we'll even protect ourselves from like crazy medical bills. But will we protect our family? That's what life insurance means to me. Peace of mind. Goliathlife.com streamlines the life insurance purchase process by allowing you to get quotes from more than 20 carriers all at the same time. And at the same place, Goliathlife.com. You'll do a fast and easy application and have multiple quotes within minutes. And oh, by the way, goliathlife.com has solutions for every budget. And maybe best of all, you pick your terms and payments at goliathlife.com. Once you pick your price, you can start the online application immediately and check this out. You can even schedule the medical exam to happen in your home. You don't even have to leave the house to do this. And yes, I have done this. They sent someone to my office. It was fast. It was easy. And it was unlike anything I expected. I got to skip the phone calls, the paperwork and the crazy invasive conversations, and even the multiple visits to the doctor's office that we all hate so much. Goliathlife.com makes buying life insurance simple. Goliathlife.com promises no hidden fees, no upsell, no hassle, hell, not even a phone call. Goliathlife.com is life insurance in your hands on your time. Get multiple quick quotes right now from the comfort of your own home and begin your application in a few easy clicks right now at goliathlife.com. It's interesting to watch you guys on camera. You know, you guys are, are both in, in Georgia right now and, and you're basically brothers in the wrestling business. And, and there's a TV show we talked about last week that we mentioned we were going to talk about this week, a couple of brothers in the wrestling business. It's heels on stars. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you guys just recently watched, I think Jake, you saw yep. for the first time episode one and two and that show really had a yeah. profound impact on you, right, Dallas? You know, I, I guess with all the wrestling podcasts, because you handle some of the biggest names in wrestling. Who well, now he handles the biggest. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, and um, um, hear your voices. Yes. Um, the uh, let me just bring her off. Um, the. Uh, I don't know, thousands of podcasts because anybody can do a podcast. That's right. Today. Unfortunately, and all around the world, there's got to be a thousand different podcast more people that. that are talking about wrestling. Yeah, probably more than that. So it really kind of blew my mind as I just started doing any kind of research and anybody talked about heels. And 
I, I, I know Stephen Amell through Cody. You know, I've met him. I'll tell you, the first time I saw him in the ring, I didn't know it was him. It was at All In, and I was up in the balcony, at, you know, for some people, they wanted me to go up there and meet. And I, and I just looked down, and I started watching this kid work, and I was like, who is that? I, I don't even know who the hell that is. I go, he's pretty good. So I came downstairs, and I go, Cody, I go, who was the guy that was just in that match? He goes, that's Stephen Amell. He's my buddy. But I go, that's Stephen Amell? Where? And he had just walked through the curtain. Cody gave him a big hug, introduced us, a hug. And I was like, dude, great job. Yeah. I mean, like, there's a thing to be an actor, you know, and then there's things that like being a wrestler. And obviously he's more wrestler than actor. You know, he, <laughs> he, he just he, he just grabbed it. It's kind of like who's the biggest star in the world today? Oh, he's a wrestler. Yeah. The Rock. You know, we couldn't be more prouder of that. And now Cena's killing it. Batista killing it. You know, so, you know, to see a guy come back over to our side and still do the acting part of it, uh, I was impressed with him. So when I heard that this show that's called Heels, I heard about it probably four years ago. Oh, wow. Julie Yorn uh, and her and uh, she's one of the main producers. And I had through a friend of hers, had dinner with her and got to know her, have her number. And when I saw the script, oh, it's, it's episode one. I got to say, I thought it was kind of hokey yeah. in the beginning. You know, I figured, uh, like, wait a minute, they're going to try to be shoot, but show it's a work. And, you know, like, how are they going to do that? And the script that I, the actual, when I read it, I saw Wild Bill. That's me. Like, I, that's going to be my character. And bottom line is, you look at the guy who plays that, and he, um, what's his name? I want to make sure I remember his name. Um, where the hell is he? Um, how did I not write that down? Whatever his name is right now, uh, that's the only guy I should have played that. Chris Bauer. And what's his name? Chris Bauer. Chris Bauer. That's yep. it. Yeah. He is one of us like he is one of the boys he he definitely stole some from, from the 60s and 70s yes yes um i thought there's nobody should have played him but him um what did you think about him jake well i, I thought he did a phenomenal job but i i think when i watched it you know dallas told me about it and i'm like oh boy this is gonna be a bunch of shit because normally I, I just don't, you know, I guess my mind's still caught up into the let's keep it a shoot, you know, mentality for the fans. But they nailed some spots, man. They nailed some things. Like the first thing they did right was they exposed the baby face as a complete asshole, selfish little bastard. Ace of <laughs> spade, the brother. That's what real baby faces are. Especially ones that never were healed. Yeah, yeah. That's what they are. I mean, if you go into the if you go into the locker room and you look around, the heels are going to get up and come shake your hand and ask you how you're doing. <laughs> and the pictures are going like, "Don't put your bag near my bag." You know? <laughs> what the hell? That's my mirror. Don't look at that mirror. Don't even look at that mirror. You know, it, 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 they just nailed it so much. A typical baby face. But before you go, three of So that's Ace Spade. Yeah, yep. and he's one of the brothers, and, and the other brother is Jack Spade, yep. who is Emil. 
And from from my side of it, I remember him from Vikings. Oh, like I didn't he, see that either. That, that's a good kid. The kid can really act. Uh, and to grab the mannerisms of a baby face who's never oh. worked as a heel oh. and has monster entitlement. Oh yeah. And, From and arena rats up right on out, man. She like, plays a good rap. By no, way. I'll tell you what, that chick's money. Uh, <laughs> Kelly, I, I think give her, her my is. money. <laughs> Kelly bolt, bolt, uh, Bugard, Berglund, Berglund, yeah. Kelly Berglund. She plays this little crystal girl. Who's like, you know, love the, the top baby face back. Oh, who's yeah. a football star. Oh, I love him. I love him. You know? Yeah. So there's, there's a major infatuation there, but as time goes on, you see, like, even when the first episode, you're like, wow, this chick, uh, she's got something different yeah. here. And yeah. she's, she's rounding that, that, that way there. I was, uh, I really, uh, I, I, I liked the, and I went back and watched it a second time. And the first time that first hour, that first show was a little hard to get through because they have to explain to people, okay, these are the baby faces. Yes. These are the good guys. These are the heels. They're in the a bad. And then they try to explain Cape Faye. Don't really. Yeah, they don't really do a good job. They that, did a bad job on that. Yeah, that didn't I thought they did a great job with, with, uh, with Ace being blinded by the light. Of yep. Opportunity for the big show. Yep. He's going to screw yep. his brother over and leave, leave the family behind, including the memo. Yeah, you know? she ain't going. Anywhere. She ain't going nowhere with him. And this is just our. This isn't out. what happens. This is we're just giving you our our feeling. interpretation. But being blinded by that light, and then the other brother having to do the hard thing. And uh, I was really impressed with the finish of that match. Now let's not go. Let's not. Let's go there. Okay. On that. Now if on the other side of it. We'll talk about that next week because right. we'll, we'll get into where, where that goes. Yeah. But this is something that I think if you're a wrestling fan, you need to watch it. <laughs> like, you need to watch it. And you haven't seen it yet, you're going to binge it. They play the fans pretty well, too. Yeah, they do. Yeah. They really do. Uh, better light than most people would have. Um, yeah. Lots of times wrestling fans are poked fun at, but hey, they're just people enjoying something, man. And that's the part that I really respected of it because yeah. in Ready to Rumble, you know, we had everything from cool fans to the really hardcore oh, yeah. Copenhagen Dippy Coupon Club. Well, you you go to WrestleMania right 6 and you got Mary Tyler Moore at ringside. Right. I went out and gave her $100 bills for the DiBiase. Yeah, tried to get it back afterwards, you wouldn't do that. <laughs> but they, 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 they do, and that's what I thought was a really good part. The wrestling fans are seen as like, you know, we appreciate what you do, and that's where they even get into a point about about being fake. You know, don't use that yeah. word. Yeah. You know, where they could have said like, it's not that people they understand what this is. This is a show. This is, you know, I can remember I was doing PR for Ready to Rumble and everybody was so respectful except for one guy. And this one guy, he's a reporter and he's of asking course. me questions. And at some point I go, let me ask you a question. I said, you don't respect what we do, do you? He said, honestly, I said, yeah, honestly, he said, not really. I said, so let me ask you a question. Are you a Broadway fan? You're like, Broadway shows. He goes, oh, of course. He goes, that's amazing. I said, what's your favorite, your favorite uh, Broadway show? He said, have to be Phantom of the Opera. 
I said, I don't want to spoil it for you, but the guy doesn't really get burnt with oil. And the other camera guys, they just popped. And freaking, I said, you know, dude, every night they do the same finish. Yeah. I could work with the same guy 30 nights in a row. Oh, never do the same finish. Never. It's never do the same match. Never grab the same emotions. Nope. I go, that's what makes ours really special. And the people who love what we do, they get it and they respect it. And today, what they're doing today is still different, different than what we did, but yeah. it's still wrestling yeah. and still the same fans appreciating these guys taking the most unbelievable, just, just watching some of the matches. I'll, I'll tell you what was a really great match that I really, really loved in AEW recently was when uh, Brian Danielson came in and, uh, and worked with Omega. Mm-hmm. Like that match. Mm-hmm. That match was really amazing. Uh, if you can't, if you if you watch that and you can't think that's amazing, then you're an idiot. <laughs> it's, it, it's 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 an art form, and these Damn guys right. are beating the hell out of their bodies, and that's the part too. There was some really cool shit that you'll see when they're showing the matches, like yeah, pieces yeah, of it. Yeah, I don't yeah, want to yeah. tell you what they did. Yeah, but that, I was there was like, some really wow, cool. And was... they slow it down so you can actually see where the guys. Well, the hell, how do you do that? Right, and Matt, I like, don't know because I never did that. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was magical. Um, so again, like I said, for episode one, you go back, and then after you know next week, we're going to talk about the finish and what we thought. Well, you can tell you right away. Spoiler alert! If you want to hear this, go back and listen to episode three before you come to four because at the end of each week we're going to talk about the week before's finish of how what we really thought of the whole program did it hit us right did it did it take us with some stuff like like the one thing they did with the oxys and the pills that kind of pissed me off cheap that was yeah that was lame well that's somebody going for the cheap heat again yeah And, and and i'll tell you why it was so lame you talk about oxycontin and you bite into it, you could die. And you can't snort it. <laughs> just biting it in half. Yeah. Trust me. I know you got to crumble it up real good. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes. The bottom line is, you know, if you're going to be as good as I think a lot of this is. Yeah. Um, Why cheapen it? Yeah. You don't need the cheap heat and the cheap pop, you know, yeah. uh, be legit. Because that just was going to get you more respect. Yeah, why? Why have the guy wearing snakeskin? Nobody does that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but he did it. He did it cool though. Yeah, uh, okay. Cool. He did it cool. I didn't like his haircut. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to uh, hey, somebody. Hey, Chris Bauer, great job, brother. You're my yeah. you're my favorite character on the yeah. show. Um, really like. Uh, I love what Ace is doing and. Kelly and uh, and Jack. I even I like the wife too. Oh, I do too. She's gorgeous. But girl next door, um, the mom. Yeah, the right. mom does a great job. Yeah, the mom does a great job. I mean, they've, they've really, you know, when you find something special like this, and that's a, another reason why it's we're different. talking about it. It's different. It's different. You might you might go, oh, that's lame. But you got to give it. You got to give it a good. I didn't really get into it when I started watching it until the third episode. You know, for the first two, I, but going back, I got into it right away again to look at it again so we could talk about this. So, yeah. like I said, that's what it's we're like going to do. like anything else. If you watch two or three times, you're going to pick up different things. You right. Know, 
Yeah. You know, Marlon Brando said it best years ago. So the greatest actors in the world are professional wrestlers because they go out there and do it every night in front of a different crowd and from a different opponent. And they get it done each and every time. You know, it's funny too, because that same shit you did in Memphis ain't going to get over in Tampa, Florida. Yeah. You got to read the crowd. <laughs> you, you have to read your crowd each night. That's what a lot of guys have a problem with. Well, let me mention, uh, I, I totally agree with you guys on heels. I didn't love the first episode. I thought, well, I don't really think that, I mean, some of it was a little silly. It felt like they were hitting you over the head with it, but this is yeah, a show right. made for us wrestling fans. Some of the titles of the show are kayfabe, dusty finish, cheap heat, cutting yeah. promos. But I do agree with your assessment, Dallas, that it took me a few episodes to get into it. And now I love it, but don't just take our word for it. Right now, everybody in the world is talking about Yellowstone. It's probably the biggest show in the world. If you go to rotten tomatoes, it's got an 80% average tomato meter and an average audience score of 85%. Squid game, which is the most watched show in the history of Netflix has 94% and 83% Ozark, which is probably the second biggest hit on Netflix has 81 and 89 heels has 96 and 92. It's rated higher than any of those other shows. So if you're a wrestling fan, if you're listening to this show and you're a wrestling fan, you owe it to yourself to watch heels, but don't give up after episode one, hang on. Uh, This is critically acclaimed, but unfortunately Dallas, and you alluded to this last week, not a ton of people are watching this. The ratings were not through the roof, but it is a critical success. And if you're a wrestling fan, not watching it, you're missing it's out. And the only way we're going to get more content like this is to support this show. So go out of your way to find it on stars. No, you know, a hundred percent. You know what I like in it too? Um, Friday night lights, mm-hmm. Friday night lights did not have the viewership, but they were critically acclaimed through the roof. And to me, that's the best of all the shows I've ever watched because those characters, like you felt for it, you were with them. You, you know, if you didn't like football, you they stole your hearts. Yeah, they really did. And, and that's, that's what, what we do. <laughs> right. And they, uh, there's going to be people who are going to get tuned in who aren't wrestling fans. And I think you will dig it too because you'll start to understand, like, how things work and how it happens and how you tell the story. And some of the turmoil. Oh yeah. A lot of the turmoil and the backstabbing and people who get really upset that why not me? Why not me now? No, I deserve the rooster guy. You know, he's awesome. Did you, you say know? rooster? Yeah, about that's, his that's his Taylor. <laughs> not Terry Taylor. I mean, he actually, he actually gets over in this one, though. Uh, Alan, Alan, uh, Mal, Maldonado. He's good. I mean, really, I, I like them all. Um, Even James I, Harrison. Even though he played for Pittsburgh. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're getting, uh, yeah Apocalypse. We're about that. James James Harrison, yeah, yeah, he uh, five time All Pro yeah, and man. a walk on, a walk on. He, he, he was undrafted and was a five time All Pro. Got two Super Bowl rings, and uh, and I just man, he's. I mean, they all. I really think it, getting in second season. I think whoever really pushed this could, uh, you know, it could really turn into something big and. And it's another thing for wrestling fans to give yourselves credibility with your friends who 
are pissed off at you because you like wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, you guys are, are right on the money with that. You know, my wife, Megan, uh, for obvious reasons is not the world's biggest wrestling fan, uh, but she never missed an episode of heel. She couldn't wait to see it. So much like my mom doesn't love football, but she won't miss hard knocks on HBO. This is a great way to introduce <laughs> the story of professional wrestling. So it's not just matches. If that makes sense, it's for right. everybody. Right. Yeah. Right. And the story, it's, it's, it's family things. And one of the things that are, that I will talk about here and I'll get away from it. The, to me, this is Florida championship wrestling mm. back when Eddie Graham had, was running the territory and it popped. I was there. And this Eddie Graham killed himself. And, and in this scenario, their dad killed himself and you don't know why. And that's uh, something that you, you can feel it as it moves forward. And then the later episodes, some of the things they do, uh, but that, you know, Michael Graham was a really good friend of mine. Michael Graham may be the reason why I'm sitting here because, you know, I got my first break in a AWA by myself but I was never really going anywhere like that. And then Mike Graham invited me up to the Eddie Graham Memorial and Pat Tanaka and Paul Diamond, my, my wrestlers were booked on the card and he asked me if I wanted to come. I got me, my buddy, rock hard, Rick, who was guy I videoed wanting to be a wrestler. And, you know, he wanted to be a wrestler and I had two diamond dolls in the back of my 62 pink Cadillac. This will be very reminiscent of the story I told a couple of weeks ago when we were driving uh, Rick Rude's 64 mint condition convertible Impala, you know, up from Jacksonville up to Atlanta and Ugh. we, and we broke down. The thing I said right before we broke down that night was, you know, this car's unbelievable. They feel the AC. It's unbelievable. I go, I'm going, this is just like, it reminds me of my 62 pink Cadillac. I was driving to the Eddie Graham Memorial and it threw a rod. And five minutes later, that's when the generator light went on. And that's what happened from Fort Myers to Tampa. My, my Cadillac threw a rod. The one I drove in WrestleMania six threw a rod. And here I am pulled over to the side of the road. And I called AAA. They're coming to pick it up. Some guys, two rednecks come by in a pickup truck. Hey, ain't you the guy who runs Norma Jeans? I go, yeah, man. Go, man, we love that place. I'm like, hey, you guys wrestling fans? I'm like, hell yeah. I go, hey, I'm also Diamond Dallas Page. I got a gig up in Tampa. If you guys come, I'll get you in free. Hold on. We're just going to get some beer. We'll be right back. They went and got the beer, come back. Somehow there's a girl in the middle. Now with them, they come back, they take me and Rick, we get in the back of the cab, the exposed cab, and it looks like it's going to rain any second. And they're handing us beers through the little window of the car. What <laughs> we'll do to get there. <laughs> and I got there, Gordon Soley was walking outside, oh, wow. go around the back. Mike Graham never forgot that... I've I've made that show. And Johnny Ace, Johnny Laurinaitis and I would become monster friends off of that for decades, best friends. But Mike 
remembers this when Dusty is coming in to boot Florida Championship Wrestling. So here's what happens. Dusty, the NWA, you know, all the stuff that, that Turner bought for what was going to become WCW. Well, Rick's going to get the book. They want Dusty to turn heel. And he went, not happening. And he called up Mike and going to come to Florida and going to repop Florida. That's the goal. So I get this call at six in the morning. And no, excuse me, at, at 12 at night, I'm getting ready to crash out because I got a six o'clock flight in the morning. And I'm just going to let it go to the answer machine. And I hear Diamond Dallas Page. It's just Michael Graham. Pick up the phone. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's Mike. I go like, hey, Mike. Hey, I got strep throat. I really can't talk. I got to take, I got to go to AWA show tomorrow. I really can't talk. We talk later. I don't want to hear that shit. I'm sitting here with the American Dean, Dusty Rhodes. I'm going to put you on the phone with him. He's been talking. He wants to bring in Humperdinck or Gary Hart or Baby Doll. And I was like, this guy, Diamond Dallas Page, no one's seen him really yet. You know, he, he could be a really good manager. I want you to Get on the phone with him, and I want you to blow him away like he's the biggest mark in the planet. And I'm like, Dusty Rhodes? Mike, I can't even talk. Please, give me show him my videotape I sent you. He goes, my videotape machine's broken. You're on. And I, and I hear, hello? Good God, Dusty Rhodes, the tower of power, the man of the hour. I spit off about 40 seconds. Friggin' of just jibber jabbers. I stole his shit. I stole you know, Albano's shit. I stole my own shit. Put it all together. And at the end, I go, that's all I got, Dream. I got, I've got strep throat. Hello? And Dust, you got a job. Dusty? <laughs> and friggin', it seemed like he waited five minutes. It was probably 10, 15, 30 seconds. I don't know. But then I heard that voice. Was that a recording, kid? And I said, no, that's me. He said, I want you to come on up here. I want to talk to you. And that's how I got in Florida Championship Wrestling, going up there off of Michael Graham. And Michael Graham, who also took his own life. And that's right before you came in the crib. Because you want to know how dark the spot is that Jake was in. Jake would get pissed off when he would hear someone else had God. died and it wasn't him. I get angry at God and curse God, man. Why don't you take me? You know, just cursing. I mean, I'm ashamed of the things I said to God, but I was. I was jealous of people dying. I remember being at the sensational Sherry's funeral. And uh, they asked me to say a couple of words. And I went up there and I said, Sherry, how come you didn't take me with you? Don't you love me? So going back to heels, that's some of the stuff that's going on in the background. And that's why it's brewing. I, I really was when I heard that they got a second season, I was like, cool. Time right. to go. Well, we're, uh, we're going to wrap up episode three. We, we talked about what Jake did after WCW and picked up a little heels next week. We'll talk about when diamond Dallas pages dream with WCW seemingly came to an end and 
We'll pick it up where we left off with heels. Hit the subscribe button and uh, tell your friends about your new favorite wrestling podcast. It's a lot more than a wrestling podcast. It's DDP Snake Pit, and we'll see you back here next week. See ya.